Section 186 of Chesterfield's Letters to His Son. Read for LibriVox.org into the public domain. Letter 224. Blackheath, June 27, 1758. My dear friend, you either have received already, or will very soon receive, a little case from Amsterdam, directed to you at Hamburg. It is for Princess Amelia, the King of Prussia's sister, and contains some books which she desired Sir Charles Hotham to procure her from England, so long ago as when he was at Berlin. He sent for them immediately, but, by I do not know what puzzle, they were recommended to the care of Mr. Selwyn, at Paris, who took such care of them that he kept them near three years in his warehouse and has at last sent them to Amsterdam, from whence they are sent to you. If the books are good for anything, they must be considerably improved, by having seen so much of the world. But, as I believe they are English books, perhaps they may, like English travellers, have seen nobody, but the several bankers to whom they were consigned. Be that as it will, I think you had best deliver them to Monsieur Hecht, the Prussian minister at Hamburg, to forward to Her Royal Highness, with a respectful compliment from you, which you will, no doubt, turn in the best manner, and selon le bon ton de la parfaitement bonne compagnie. You have already seen in the papers all the particulars of our St. Malo's expedition, so I say no more of that, only that Mr. Pitt's friends exult in the destruction of three French ships of war, and one hundred and thirty privateers and trading ships, and affirm that it stopped the march of threescore thousand men, who were going to join the Comte de Clermont's army. On the other hand, Mr. Fox and company call it breaking windows with guineas, and apply the fable of the mountain and the mouse. The next object of our fleet was to be the bombarding of Granville, which is the great entrepot of their Newfoundland fishery, and will be a considerable loss to them in that branch of their trade. These, you will perhaps say, are no great matters, and I say so too, but at least they are signs of life, which we had not given them for many years before and will show the French, by our invading them, that we do not fear their invading us. Were those invasions in fishing-boats from Dunkirk so terrible as they were artfully represented to be, the French would have had an opportunity of executing them, while our fleet, and such a considerable part of our army, were employed upon their coast. But my lord Ligonier does not want an army at home. The Parliament is prorogued by a most gracious speech neither by nor from His Majesty, who was too ill to go to the House. The lords and gentlemen are, consequently most of them gone, to their several counties, to do, to be sure, all the good that is recommended to them in the speech. London, I am told, is now very empty, for I cannot say so from a knowledge. I vegetate wholly here. I walk and read a great deal, ride and scribble a little, according as my lead allows, or my spirits prompt, to write anything tolerable. The mind must be in a natural, proper disposition. Provocatives in that case, as well as in another, will only produce miserable, abortive performances. Now that you have, as I suppose, full leisure enough, I wish you would give yourself the trouble, or rather pleasure, to do what I hinted to you some time ago, that is, to write short memoirs of those affairs which have either gone through your hands, or that have come to your certain knowledge, from the inglorious battle of Hastenbeck, to the still more scandalous treaty of neutrality. Connect at least, if it be by ever so short notes, the pieces and letters which you must necessarily have in your hands, and throw in the authentic anecdotes that you have probably heard. You will be glad when you have done it, and the reviving past ideas, 
in some order and method, will be an infinite comfort to you hereafter. I have a thousand times regretted not having done so. It is at present too late for me to begin. This is the right time for you, and your life is likely to be a busy one. Would young men avail themselves of the advice and experience of their old friends, they would find the utility in their youth, and the comfort of it in their more advanced age. But they seldom consider that, and you less than anybody I ever knew. May you soon grow wiser. Adieu. Letter 225. Blackheath, June thirtieth, 1758. My dear friend, this letter follows my last very close, but I received yours of the fifteenth in the short interval. You did very well not to buy any Rhenish, at the exorbitant price you mention, without further directions, for both my brother and I think the money better than the wine, be the wine ever so good. We will content ourselves with our stock in hand of humble Rhenish, of about three shillings a bottle. However, pour la réalité du fait, I will lay out twelve ducats for twelve bottles of the wine of 1665, by way of an eventual cordial, if you can obtain a senatus consultum for it. I am in no hurry for it, so send it to me only when you can conveniently. Well packed up, said Tom. You will, I dare say, have leave to go to Castle, and if you do, you will perhaps think it reasonable that I, who was the adviser of the journey, should pay the expense of it. I think so, too, and therefore, if you go, I will remit the one hundred pounds which you have calculated it at. You will find the house of Castle the house of gladness, for Hanau is already, or must be soon, delivered of its French guests. The Prince of Brunswick's victory is, by all the skilful, thought a chef d'oeuvre worthy of Turenne, Condé, or the most illustrious human butchers. The French behaved better at Rosbach, especially the Carabinier Royaux, who could not be on Tom. I wish the siege of Olmutz well over, and a victory after it, and that, with good news from America, which I think there is no reason to doubt of, must procure us a good peace at the end of the year. The Prince of Prussia's death is no public misfortune. There was a jealousy and alienation between the king and him, which could never have been made up between the possessor of the crown and the next heir to it. He will make something of his nephew, s'il est du bois dont on a fait. He is young enough to forgive, and to be forgiven, the possession and the expectative for at least some years. Adieu, I am unwell but affectionately yours. End of section 186. Read by Professor Heather and By. For more free audiobooks or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org.